are on. Boy. Recording. Check, check, check. <laughs> Game on. All right. Let's go. Let's you be go. quiet now and let's jump into I'm it. Mate, I, I, I don't know how to be quiet. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm genuinely nervous for this. And it shouldn't be talking to you. All right, Dust, we're going to take this as the intro. What are we doing here, dude? Well, because we decided, we both decided that being a young adult is bloody hard. And since we're seasoned veterans by now, we're starting to hit the late 20s sort of things. Uh, we, we figured it'd be best if we started giving out some shit advice. Since we've been doing it for, we've been doing it for a decade. We've been doing it for a while. Yeah, exactly. Like Dust said, yeah. we've, uh, we've been around the blocks for a number of years and uh, perhaps we've got some really cutting edge, useful advice <laughs> that you might want to take advantage of. Yeah. And worst case scenario, you could just learn from our mistakes or better yet, live out our mistakes and thank us later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, it's all been good. That's the thing. We've got to, we've got to this point where we are in our lives uh, with these experiences and hopefully uh, whether we can fast track your life or perhaps you know, give you an idea of uh, what we would do in your situation, then we'll be sorted. So uh, that's the point. This is the rogue guide. Essentially, it's a uh, it's an advice podcast for from people with uh, you know very little credible reason to give advice, but uh, people that have lived experience in uh, in challenges and scenarios that perhaps you're going to be familiar with or are familiar with. Yeah, we've got the war stories, so we're ready. We're ready to <laughs> spill the beans on all the juicy mistakes in your 20s and uh, yeah and point you in the right direction oh Dos, but who are you and why why should people care what you have to say well they probably shouldn't if anything <laughs> I, would, I would not value my opinion in most scenarios but i'll tell you what if it comes to living out your best life in your 20s then i think you should take note of like a few things i say what am I? What are they, 26? 26? Yeah, I'm, I'm still in my prime, if anything. So, it, like, <laughs> if anything, I should be taking advice from this podcast. Just, um, you know, hitting my demographic there for the marketing side of things. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so, well, me and Dan, we, we went to school together for one year. And from that, we decided, you know, what we might as well be friends. And um, <laughs> as life developed, we actually became really good friends probably, probably three years after we finished, after we had that one year of school together, which was year 10, mind you, a very irrelevant year. But um, <laughs> and, uh, and, now, and now I'm living down in Melbourne and obviously went to school in, in Queensland. So we've, yeah, very much diversed. And um, yeah, so, well... Dan, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so uh, this whole it took us three years to become best friends thing, I can't really relate to because I fall pretty quickly. And I knew from like the first time we had a real conversation about where where Dos was from, where I was from, similar scenarios. I was like, oh, this guy, this guy's the homie. So, uh, you know, this three years thing, I'm a little bit offended by, but I can move past <laughs> it. Uh, essentially, my name's Dan Prosser. Um, I work in the media, do a little bit of... Uh, Bit of radio, bit of a uh, bit of everything, really, as you have to do these days. Um, I'm a little bit more settled down than uh, young Dossel is. He is the uh, the younger member of this podcast, and uh, you'll probably get the vibe of that as uh, things carry on. Essentially, um, I'm quite into buying houses rather than traveling at the moment. Although we have got our uh, fair share of travel stories, Doss lives a little bit more decadently and uh, luxuriously than I do, perhaps, and uh, lives a little bit more of the the rambunctious 
young person experience that I'm a little bit I'm a little bit out of the zone of. So embraces that's sort of the, the road guide way of life. <laughs> yes, and I sort of I sort of embrace the what will I do when I'm retired way of life. So hopefully, when you're listening to us, you're getting the perspective of someone that uh, someone that's a bit of a degenerate like Doss. I think we that's that's fair and uh, hey, let's not reasonable point to say. Let's let the people decide. <laughs> all right, <laughs> and someone that's a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more uh, further in life. And that'll be me. So that's 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 the guess the premise, and that's the road guide. Hopefully, uh, you enjoy it as much as we love recording it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to start us off with a um, just a weekly update of um, each of our weeks and how we've been going on with life. And um, Dan, take us away. Dos, uh, as I am sort of the old soul of the podcast, uh, I did have a pretty hectic moment in my life uh, recently. Actually, I fell down the stairs, which is uh, something that. <laughs> You uh, probably wouldn't expect a young person to be doing, but uh, I definitely did. And uh, you know what? I uh, totally understand where people are coming from when they say that a fall down the stairs is a pretty critical thing. Uh, Awkwardly, I had two friends over, a couple who were helping me set up my automatic sprinkler system. Uh, I realized that I needed to have a shower before we headed to a party. Yeah, that's that's a whole other story. But I had to have a shower before we headed to the party, but I'd just done the washing and all my towels were in the laundry. So I ran out of the, uh, the bathroom and I was dripping wet and I called out to him. I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to be naked running through the house. Uh, can you please either A, not look or B, accept <laughs> that if you look, that was your own, you know, your own choice. That's your own responsibility. So I ran through the house dripping wet towards my stairs to the laundry and I just completely lost it, slipped out of control, slid down the stairs. It was probably only two or three stairs itself. But I tell you what, I landed almost paralyzed at the bottom and I completely freaked out. My whole life, I'm, I think we're pretty active people, Doss. So I think the prospect of not being able to, to run or to play footy or anything like that, it's a pretty terrifying prospect. And that's the kind of paralyzation that I was going through at the time. Paralysis, perhaps, is the better word. And I was at the bottom of my stairs, uh, not able to move for like a few seconds. What? Eventually, my body came to. Uh, and I got up, I could feel in my neck and my back that I'd made a serious mistake, grabbed my towel, dried off. <laughs> the couple, my friends walked through afterwards and I just grinned and bared it. We went off to the party that night and I woke up the next day pretty much unable to get out of bed. I was so severely damaged. So that, that's a bit of an idea of the, the exciting hijinks I get up to. I, I slipped downstairs and I it's completely sober, by the way. Um, hold up, hold up, yeah. hold up. What did your friends do when you slipped down the stairs and no one come to help? <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't see and I didn't make a noise because I was so embarrassed. How did you not make I a noise? It, <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was just one of these. It was one of the, oh, and they were sort of outside. So, I, so they, they, didn't, they had no idea. But um, I actually, I told them like a week and a bit later. I was like, yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't move my neck. I, I was getting constant, you know, spasms and stuff like that. I was in really bad shape. And that's, you know, that's that's the most exciting thing that's happened to me recently, dude. So, uh, I mean, let's let's see if you can top it. <laughs> well, well, no, I can't. <laughs> I was completely unprepared <laughs> that you were going to be pulling out this shit. <laughs> man, I, ne- I, I nearly, I was nearly legit. Oh, man, I, I, my whole life flashed before my eyes. I'm telling you, it was terrible. Oh, this, all uh, right. Just so everyone knows, this is the last time Pross is going to top me for a story, all right? 
<laughs> so uh, my my updates a lot less exciting mind you it's not necessarily my fault it's uh yeah we're in, we're in lockdown at the moment of melbourne so we're very well restricted in what we can do so i don't even think i'm allowed to go down my stairs at the moment so pretty safe <laughs> no, i definitely not allowed to have two people over like jesus mr popular man <laughs> Man, I'm li- I'm living out your normal yeah. life because uh, I'm just for reference. Doss is in Melbourne. I'm in the outback. I'm in Longreach. So uh, we came close to a lockdown this week, but it's all been cleared up, and there's still zero cases ever in the outback Queensland. So uh, yeah, we'd be having people over all the time. But anyway, <laughs> so it's Doss, pretty. You sound like you've got a, You sound like you're bracing for a really good story. <laughs> it's pretty easy to decide if there's a lockdown or not when there's ten people in your town. that's not that hard anyway so my my week is well today well i guess i baked a cake and i was drinking whiskey while i was baking that cake wow dude mind you i haven't baked a cake in about 10 years so i was kind of excited about it i i had to buy self-raising flour sugar like these are things that i have not had to buy vanilla essence what the hell it was four dollars for a little bit of vanilla essence i couldn't believe it that's like two listen dude listen dude dude we spent the first like whole part of this podcast establishing that i was the one that was a bit of a loser a bit of a boring bloody you know person that was focused on retirement here you are talking about the price of vanilla essence and self-raising flour dude Come on. I, I, this is a guide man and if i'm guiding anyone to anything it's do not buy vanilla essence for four dollars <laughs> a fucking pop that's ridiculous so you've been cooking cakes and uh drinking whiskey <laughs> yeah actually when you say it like that i don't actually don't mind it that's not a bad way of life <laughs> get used to that all right so dos We've got a bit of an idea of what we've been up to the last week, um, both in gripping stories, truly momentous occasions. But the main premise of the road guide is a bit different to just us, you know, going on about stuff that's happened in our own lives. Wait, what? Is that? Is that? I mean, actually, now come to think of it, that's pretty much the entire premise. <laughs> well, to be fair, man, it's just us listening to it and the odd person we peer pressure into it. <laughs> yeah. Mom, if you're listening, um, actually stop listening, please. Yeah. This is... I love that you listen to everything I do, yeah. but this this one, this isn't it. Mom and Dad, this is where you cut off. <laughs> this is where you go your separate way. <laughs> but what's what's the road guide? Well, Doss? today. Episode one, we're going to be hitting up the party guide. I think that's the main thing. In your 20s, you're renowned for partying. And so we want to really try to point you in the right direction with how you party. Obviously, we've all been to bad parties and we've been to good parties. I guess the worst... Almost death. Yeah. The worst party I've been to was was my friend's 21st, uh, Big Ben. So this guy's like nearly... (laughs) Big Ben. This guy's like nearly seven foot. So can't can't hide from the crowd, and uh, mind you, it was a really classy party, right? So we it was at a um it was at a pub, in the function room, really nice, and um, a lot of family, a lot of family there, a few friends, everybody dressed up, cocktail attire, so you're in you know good apparel. A few a few red flags already, if I'm honest with you, but keep <laughs> carrying on. Yeah. So and we get there and having a good time, you know, um, bar tabs open, we're just getting into it. And then it hits speeches. What do you mean bar tabs open? Free drinks? Free drinks, 21st. Okay. Just on that. If you have a 21st and don't have free drinks, then I'm off you already. But um, (laughs) 
So, and I, like my, I wasn't even planning on launching into this night. I was just having a couple enjoying the show. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but it hit, hit the speeches pretty early in the night too. Mind you, it was probably like nine o'clock. Speeches came out. We From my beautiful... experience, that's a pretty responsible time to start the speeches before Mate, people it, were too smashed. It was a responsible party. That's the thing. And um, so, like, there was the mom, grandma, dad, little brother, older brother, all had beautiful speeches. Just so pure. I was like, wow, man, this guy is a top bloke. There's a reason why I'm here, because I like him. And all <laughs> he of a is a good bloke. Like, I, can, I can vouch for it, dude. Ben Jones, yeah. absolute ripper of a bloke. <laughs> We love it. I mean, Big Ben, sorry, Big Ben. But how's Big Ben? And um, and then his mates jump up, right, to his best friends to do the speech, their particular speeches. And so the crowd percentage, right, is basically, I'm going to go 70% family, 30% friends, which oh, is, no. that's a fair split. And um, But I don't think anyone told his best mates this. So their stories were very much set on just mates kind of banter. Oh, so no. they are just, oh, they are explaining these stories about band that were just vivid. Like, you would, <laughs> like, man, these guys are great storytellers. Like, man, I was there. I was in the moment. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Ben's fucking this girl in a car. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> this is happening. Yeah, but but so but so was Auntie and Uncle Ben, and so, so was, was uh, Grandpa Uncle. Ben. So was Grandma Jones. So was Grandpa Jones. Oh no, dude. And Mama, Mama Jones walked out, walked out of the room, just no. left, left. No, and like no, me, me and my co are just pissing ourselves, but we're also not like openly <laughs> laughing because we can't. Because you, the, you've read the room. You've read yeah, the room. We've read the room. We're the only people that seem to have read the room and realized <laughs> this is not the direction we should be going with these things. And oh, so everybody, the dirty stairs, everything. It was so intense, so intense. And then, like, Ben's just awkwardly laughing his way through it. <laughs> and, honestly, I've never been more relieved to hear the end of speeches. Not because, like, they were great stories, they were hilarious. And you know, the point of a 21st is to kind of bring him back a peg. But man, yeah. it, it sent Ben back a long way, I reckon. <laughs> so, um, was, was that, did that affect the mood of the night? Or were you able to have a good time? Or did that absolutely just sour the occasion? Well, to be honest, the tab lasted another hour. So, <laughs> kind of smashed that. And then as soon as it clocked off, I was like, all right, we're going out. I'm getting away from here before I get dragged in with the parents. It was, it was, yeah, it was pretty intense. I was a little bit fearful, not for me, more for Ben, because he's a good guy. Like, this is a good yeah. guy, hearing probably his two bad stories in his life, and then his entire family gets to hear it. Like, oof, it was pretty Doss, this is really interesting you mentioned that uh, controversial 21st stories because actually at the best party that I've been to oh, no. I was actually one of those lucky few to be able to tell a story <laughs> that's not a lucky um, few you're and, the perpetrator uh, <laughs> this is why I'm, I'm a little bit confused because I felt like you threw an amazing 21st party I'm pretty sure it was a themed party where people dressed up as uh, different superheroes or something like that it was H themed um, and you didn't really get involved in it if I'm being honest <laughs> Wait, HC, I came as a Ninja Turtle, didn't I? You weak ass big W Ninja Turtle costume. 
What? I'm, I'm not sure where H comes into that. Maybe it was a uh, oh, hero in a half shell. That's actually pretty good. Hero in a half shell. There's two H's in that. Anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hear you slander my costume because it was pretty sick actually. But anyway, but it's interesting you mentioned that this this um particular 21st was ruined by some out of taste um you know 21st stories because you're right. The point is to take him down a peg. And I do remember in your case, the speeches were made much later in the night, especially for a gentleman like me who was a, a much lower, you know, tolerance towards alcohol. Class citizen. I was. Uh, oh, yep. Sorry. I was. I, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the other thing. I'm, I'm, you know, I had a little bit of a, a social reputation to maintain, but I was pretty smashed. And uh, come the time to make a speech about Dossel for his twenty-first, I uh, made a. Highly my, controversial speech. I don't want to go you, back my, into it here because... My, my crowd is 50% family, 50% friends. Yeah. It's a clean So split. this is different different to a 70-30 in a, in a big way, dude. In a big way. Still but not still, enough of a way. <laughs> I still remember I was definitely looking at a lot of your family members when telling this story. Uh, I soon learned that for the uh, sake of the, the flow of the story, I should look at my mates and your mates and uh, pitch the story to them because they were loving it. They loved it. Don't make eye contact nothing, with the family. There's nothing like a bit of degeneracy to get, uh, that, to get the friends, you know, really on your side. So that's what I really leaned into. Um, but aside from that, it was the parties that you've thrown. And I don't want to you know, blow smoke anywhere in particular, but the parties that you've thrown at your place in Karam, which is a beautiful Noosa hinterland, an absolutely stunning part of the sunny coast of the uh, great state. Some might say the greatest state of Queensland. Uh, have been some of the best parties I've been to. And that party was absolutely fantastic because I met a whole bunch of people from Victoria, where you were living, who came up to Queensland, especially for your 21st, which instantly won them points in my book. So I was like, anyone that would travel interstate, across states, to uh, celebrate a mate's birthday, I instantly was like, well, this is probably someone that's a good quality friend and someone that's worth you know, hanging out and getting to know and, and uh, worth my time per se. You know, all the games were there, all that kind of stuff. It was definitely one of the best pies I've been to. I will admit, um, Judy, uh, if you're still listening, I, I definitely am not proud of the story that I told, but uh, that, that's it does. My it ha- too, by the way. It, uh, yeah, sorry, Judy. sorry, Judy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it did make for a great story. Uh, it just didn't make for a great memory because I definitely don't uh-huh. think it it hit the mark. Definitely with the boys, but definitely not with the family. Uh, but that was an example for me of a great great party friends were there everyone was playing games everyone was there just to have a good time I, friends I or family whatever it was brilliant i don't know if i told you this but you know i got a talking to after that party the next day oh really my, my parents sat me down and they were like <laughs> hayden we think you have a drinking problem <laughs> oh no dude i what? really i'm not uh, kidding here oh man that was pretty heavy <laughs> I gotta chat. say though, if if the if the only problem they confronted you on was drinking, then actually I think you came out pretty good. Yeah, I was like, hey, mum and dad, come to Ben Jones's next twenty first. <laughs> You'll love me. All right. But, so uh, on 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 the side of a best party though, I think the best party I've ever been to was like immediately it was your party. Um, once you wow. moved to Toowoomba. But at the same time, I don't think you did much to get the party going. <laughs> oh, <bro. laughs> it was what? like, I know you didn't want to fluff 
put a fluff piece for me. So I'm going to make sure I'm not fluffing you here. But, oh, uh, man. I just have all the credit for this. I was instrumental you, in this party. You weren't even there. So you, yeah, all right. It was your party, what? right? And then one of your housemates, Getty, our boy, me and one of the other blokes that drove three hours just to come to this party, jumped in a car with him and we ended up going to Big W and then we found black lights. And we're like, oh my God. Let's replace every light bulb in the house with black lights. Wow. And we, and we did that. And so it was that day that we came up with the theme with the, everybody hitting up white and you know, we colored everybody in. We had glow sticks. And I'm pretty sure we put the bill for that as well. <laughs> so, oh but that was, that was one of the most amazing parties I've ever been to, I reckon. That was, that was pretty incredible. See, I don't remember that party the same way. I honestly do remember it as being an iconic party. Essentially, we just watched Project X, which was a, a, oh. an iconic party movie that just was basically yeah. these these losers, I think, that threw an absolute rager. And we we might have fit the bill to some degree. <laughs> we were just like, all right, we've got this house just with six dudes living in it at once. Let's just invite everyone we know. We've got friends coming from the coast, which was you and the boys. Uh, clearly you and Getty and uh, some of the other boys went out and put a little bit more effort and thought into it <laughs> than bit, me. Yeah. I might have been chilling in my room, drinking Coke and Malibu, watching Batman or Forrest Gump, which probably was definitely the case. Uh, but when the party came around, uh, contrary to your opinion about a great party, uh, I would say it was a memorable party, but I'd say for me, memorable in a lot of the worst ways. We were insanely loud. We did have an awesome crowd of people, but... The house was essentially destroyed. People, I remember there was like 10 people lined up on the gutter, throwing their glass bottle empties at our windows, at our walls, at our door. It was, uh, it was a huge party, out of control. Police came. And <laughs> as much as it was, like I said, it was iconic. But it was, for me, even at the time, I was just stressed out like crazy. Because I was like, oh my God, this is, this is out of control. I've got... Half of the people here I know, and there was like, you know, maybe 40 to 60 people. So 30 people I know, 30 people that are complete strangers. And 10 of them are on the curb throwing glass bottles at the house and at our cars. Uh, yeah, I've got to say, uh, and it might light into some of my tips for parties, but um, having a party at your place always adds an extra level of anxiety to it, I would say. <laughs> a bit of drama, a bit of drama. Well, I guess if you were throwing a party, what would be your step one? All right. It's pretty straightforward. I feel like every good party starts with an occasion. It starts with something pure, something good, something that's worth celebrating. I feel like if you throw a party just for any other reason or you have people gathering for any other reason, it's a little bit, it can, things get misconstrued. But if you can just throw a party, have, hey, it's a birthday party. I've got friends. Come on over. Let's make it happen. I like to get as, you know, you know, wild as possible. I'm not super wild, but within reason. Uh, get all your friends over. Have a good good time. That's pretty much for me is, is the main point to what makes a good party. So step one, in my opinion, in this road guide to having a good party is to have an occasion. Now, Halo Halloween parties, sorry, they can be pretty risky because you, you spend the whole time pretty much, you know, anxious about... Uh, if I dress up super hard, will everyone just come in a boring old t-shirt and jeans and will I look like an absolute loser? I don't, I'm not sure about costume parties or theme parties. I think that if it's a simple rock up, bring your drinks, bring your best attitude, bring your music selection, whatever, let's have a good time. That's the go. I will also say 
highly underrated parties and you only get them once a year is the New Year's Eve party. And uh, that's because there's nothing like a good New Year's kiss to kick off the next year. <laughs> I've got to say, uh, I'm, I'm an old man, but uh, I've got to say, there's nothing quite like it, quite simply. <laughs> Well, mate, the best part, I'm going to go with step two here, and I'm going to say a party needs an edge, and by an edge, you need a theme. You need something that's going to bring people together. It's going to bring people out of their comfort zones because, yes, you're like, man, I wonder if everybody's going to dress up, and even if they don't, you're going to look the best there out of everybody. (laughs) You embrace the theme. You're the number one man out of the whole freaking party. And from my experience, you know, it's a great conversation starter, you know, and most people are socially awkward. And I'm actually go as far to say that 90% of people are socially awkward <laughs> from what I have seen. <laughs> there is not that many you know, clean speakers out there and I'm not claiming to be one of them. I'm going to be one of those guys. Nine out of 10 up. people that you meet can't function socially. Yep. I'll go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. And I'll tell you what, you so you will function socially better if you're in a costume. I don't know what it is, but if you're dressed up really? as shotgun, yeah, if you're if you're you know Mel Gibson, Braveheart, you're confident, you're strong. <laughs> Mostly because people won't recognise you in public, I think, so it uh, <laughs> might play a part. But I get like I'm gonna throw this out here. Some absolute free advice here. I've just recently thought about this. To throw a Harry Potter themed party or a different movie type genre. But have it so everybody you invite has to come as a specific character. So there can only be one Harry Potter. There can only be one Ron Weasley. So I think that's a great idea. People have to get creative with it. Yeah, it might mean that you can only invite one redhead to be Ron, but like, come on. (laughs) Do you really want to have two redheaded friends? (laughs) Oh, oh, bro. (laughs) But I think that's a great idea. And to be honest, I think I'm going to do it for my next party. Yeah, all right. You're a big fan of the themed parties. In fact, your whole family is a theme, uh, fan of the themed parties. I think your little brother, Darcy, also threw a themed party and has probably thrown a number of them. In fact, I think his most recent one was also a themed party. Me, on the other hand, I haven't thrown a single one. I honestly find that a theme, uh, I don't know. I just know how I feel going to a Halloween party or a themed party. And you may be critical of my heroes in a half shell costume which has two h's in it so i would say it was twice as good a costume. you you were worse dressed at my 21st oh, bro, what? <laughs> 100% where even a bloke rocked up with a horse on top of his head just the horse a horse Hang face on, is that shonkers yeah is that a shonkers? shonkers yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> it still <laughs> looks better because horse Shon- oh, Shon- beautiful <laughs> yeah no i uh i gotta say i don't know an edge or a theme i like to get people out of their comfort zones t- argument but I think there's better ways to get people out of their comfort zones, which brings me to step three. All right. All right so all if right. we're going to carry on with this along this thread of, uh, of absurdity with hey, things. Hey, hey, you're carrying on, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly reckon that the best way to get people out of their comfort zones, and this has been my experience in all facets of life, is to get people moving, to get the blood pumping, to get people not thinking so much about conversation and to let the conversation come a little bit more naturally. And the best way for that to happen at any party is a drinking game. I'm a huge fan for drinking games. If someone even promotes that there will be drinking games at their party, I'm 80% more likely to rock up. 
although I, I, you know, I'm a bit of a hermit, so I don't really walk up to too many parties anymore. I definitely am more inclined, or at least I'll feel like I'm missing out if I heard that there were drinking games. And with drinking games, there's the hierarchy of drinking games. And quite frankly, at the very, very top, and I don't think this can be up for dispute, Doss, is beer pong. And then we'll go King's Cup and then flip or slap cup. I, I truly believe that's the hierarchy of, of drinking games at a party that aren't yeah. just purely set up to make you absolutely ruined. Yeah, there definitely does need to be a beer pong table. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, the, I guess the, the thing about it is that it gives you something to do while you're getting to know people. And it also gives you a little bit of a chance to express yourself a little bit. Uh, you yeah. can roast people a little bit, you know, sort of, you know, get them, flame great, them a little, great compliment them a little if they're a little bit more of a, of a quiet type. Yeah. And uh, set yourself nice up. Shots or whatever. Set yourself up to be the alpha of the party as well. Oh yeah, be, be the one that that nails the redemption shot that wins the game. Yeah. There's nothing like it. People people will remember it the entire night, and people will want to be on your team because you'll have the rep of the beer pong king or queen, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah. I honestly think that uh, there is no better icebreaker and no better way to get a party going because people think about it. you walk up to a party, you look for your friends, you chat with your friends, blah blah blah. But if you can be matched up against two random people instantly there's a chance to make two new friends, even if you are making them absolutely scull their beers. And uh, if there's one thing that we know, and without promoting uh, alcohol or anything like that, drink responsibly and all that, I'm pretty sure would be the, the, way, to, the way to claim that, but um, is, is to get people more drunk. They definitely are a little bit more uh, lively and more into starting conversations with complete strangers if they've had a little bit more to drink. Yeah, well, I reckon once you've kind of got them yeah, a little bit drunker. I guess that brings me straight towards step four. Because for me, <laughs> oh, no. for me, step four of a good party is a bad fucking decision. I reckon you need oh, bad oh, decisions no, to make a party a good party, to make it a memorable party. Like, yeah, there's the simple ones we can have. You know, you can have a shit DJ, you know. Uh, to be fair, I've thrown this on a bad decision <laughs> as a tack bomb, but... I don't think that's a bad decision for a lot of people. I think a lot of people need no. to experience attack bomb. And I think one of them is on this podcast right now. Just <laughs> what? Glad, just to clarify, that's not me. <laughs> Mate, you're the Mate, king I don't of know the what attack bomb. <laughs> oh, bro. The attack bomb, I've got to say, is an absolute game changer. There's, there's been times when it's not just socially, it's the right move to make so that you can square yourself up a little and maybe get yourself back on the level of... 99% of the rest of the party, especially if you've gone a bit too carried away. But there's been times when uh, it's competitively the way to go. As I mentioned in step three with drinking games, there's going to be times when you'll be in Bolivia maybe. And oh. the, uh, I don't know, forget, he was, he was a British bartender, I think he was, who was uh, starting off a shot drinking competition. And uh, essentially it was shot for your country. So all the Australians got together and started taking shots. All it was the just, Germans. It was just me. All the Spaniards. Yeah, I say <laughs> all the Australians. Australians. <laughs> yeah. And there was like, what, six Germans, maybe four British people. And it was a competition to see who would order the most Sambuca shots as well. So on top of that, Sambuca shots, which is an extra level of pain because of the flavor, if I'm honest with you. Um, <laughs> and there was a, a special power for me was that I said the DOS, I can rem I can. I was pretty smashed that night, but I can specifically remember telling him, I'm like, hey, mate, I'm going to try and keep up 
And when the time comes, <laughs> I want to get out of here. I'm going to disappear for a, a, maybe a shot, maybe two shots. And I'm going to attack Vom. I'm going to come back with a vengeance. We, had, we were outnumbered, outmanned in a foreign country. And I tell you what, I snuck off, maybe bombed a sink or two in the Wild Rover hostel in Bolivia, returned to the table, ordered Sam Booker shots, and we absolutely torched all the other countries and represented Australia. I've got to say, it's probably we- one of the most... Competitively speaking, one of the highlights of my entire competitive career, and I've got, I've got, I've had plenty of wins under my belt. It'd, it'd be up there, I, I, but at the same time, I think there's a few losses with that kind of tactic as well, because <laughs> yes, we're the kings of Wild Rover in Bolivia, in La Paz, but we're also banned from a couple of hostels in Chile and Argentina. Similar kind of antics from you. Dos, we're talking, we're talking about throwing parties. I don't, uh, I don't want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> right, you're lucky. We'll hit that one up later on. But at the same time, I guess, I guess on that vein, I would say <laughs> incorporating into the bad decisions, you need to invite a, one toxic person to a party. I don't you get need, it, bro. You need one person that you know is not a good person to be around. Because in one way or another, they're going to create drama. They're going to create a story. It's going to be a laugh in a couple of years' time. But at the moment, it might be pretty intense. But Because the worst stories are the best stories in a couple of years. Not straight away, definitely not. But yeah, definitely later on, they really kind of bring it in. Well, this brings me to my final step, quite frankly. And uh, you might have noticed that so far my suggestions have been fairly wholesome. It's been about uh, essentially having a good theme, which would be a good birthday, something like that, something simple. Maybe someone's going away, something where you can get people out of their comfort zone through drinking games. But essentially, my main point is having friends and friends of friends at the same party. So step five, it's about bringing people together and it's about having your friends and the people that your friends consider friends all together because that way you'll meet new people and that way uh, you'll be basically encountering folks that have got the seal of approval because let's face it, uh, we all know through social media and through general life experience, there's definitely, there's a fair few really awful people out there. So <laughs> is that they're generally the people you don't want to have when you're you know having a particularly good time or trying to celebrate something. So for me, it's about bringing everyone together whether it be people you know, people you don't, people that essentially are being vouched for by friends, even by family, and uh, having them all at the same party. And basically just, uh, you know, whether you're going easy or going hard, I've got to say I've got very little uh, capacity to not take it a little bit too far and get a little bit too drunk. (laughs) But if you're surrounded by the right people, nothing can really go wrong. Well, that's like, yeah, you want to be surrounded by your friends. I, I agree with that. But you know how easy it is to make friends when you're at a party, especially when you don't know many people, is if you're the second drunkest person at the party. So you don't, <laughs> yes. you don't want to be the drunkest. No one wants no. that. Because that's what, no. that's what people talk about the next day. But if you're second drunkest, you can get away with some fucking crazy shit. <laughs> you, can, you can nearly do whatever you want. If someone's passing out on the couch, 
you can you can yeah you can body slam the beer pong table if you want. <laughs> like, you have fair game, and that means that you're gonna be the most important person from that party. Everyone's gonna remember you. You're gonna be a big bloody deal. This is your opportunity, and I think you should note that. Step five should be take the opportunity. Be the second drunkest at a party. You know what? I'm gonna give a special shout out because. Being the second drunkest has actually been something game-changing for me. Oh, uh, really? and, and, and it's brought really good people into my life. So I'm going to shout out real quick. Uh, Uncle Kezzy K, he was always the drunkest at the party, but only to be challenged by one other than, uh, than Big Seth. Seth or Kez, no matter oh, what yeah. party we invited them to. See, even I remember would, Seth. From that they from would that bring they would bring that energy and the best part is is that you'd be able to sort of pursue them and be like all right so this person's uh absolutely setting the tone for how drunk you can be uh they'd also be generating a whole bunch of excitement and stories but on the other hand you'd be able to sort of lie in their wake possibly getting close to their level and uh like you said making the stories and having a good time and uh, not being known as the person that was absolutely off their chop. So uh, people like that, I'm going to say they're absolute assets to the party. Yeah. What like what do chicks fantasize about? They fantasize about princes. No one cares about the king. <laughs> no one cares about the drunkards. <laughs> people care about second place. I'm telling you. Oh <laughs> a little bit of relationship advice thrown in there, Dust. You say that, save that kind of wisdom for the relationships episode. Dude. Oh, look at deep. <laughs> All right, so there you go. I think there's your road guide for a uh, for what I would consider. I mean, aside from Doss's advice, if you just take my advice, to be a really, really good party. Yeah, I guess you know, like this party's for virgins, and yeah, you know, if you want to follow that route, <laughs> Foster's off into the perfect blueprints. But you know, if you want to have a real memorable party, you think about in twenty years' time, then yeah, follow my kind of steps. I reckon. <laughs> All right, so that's the road guide for today. But there's a lot more, uh, like we said, to, to having a, a good party, and that's having good friends. And that brings us to the next segment of the podcast, which is the mystery guest. At this point Oof. of the podcast, we'll be inviting someone random on. Uh, well, random, I mean someone we know. Possibly, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman at some stage. I think he'll get on. Yeah. I think Obama will get on the pod at some stage. Yeah, actually, Obama gave me a scene. And that was it. So I'm just assuming oh. he's experienced a few technical difficulties and he'll get back to me. What? Really? Yeah. I shouldn't maybe. Oh, man. Okay. I, I, All right. Well, we're, we're on. <laughs> we're on. We're, we're definitely sorted in that sense. But today run. we've got someone well and truly in that upper echelon of society. We're joined by none other than Mr. Connor Curley, who we've got some great stories with about how we became friends. And uh, he's got something to contribute to the pod and that is a little bit of a scenario that he experienced when he was in his 20s like you may be you might be in your 30s like we will eventually be very or, soon who all where curly is right now you <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> shouldn't laugh we yes but introducing none other than mr connor curly hello gentlemen i had to drag him from his room to um come assist on our podcast as he is my roommate vip experience here <laughs> there's a framed photograph of taylor swift over his bed we literally had a disclaimer <laughs> not to bring that up <laughs> oh yeah sorry yeah cred yeah, what 
what we include in the podcast studio is not for public consumption, dude. So uh, <laughs> yeah. keep, keep that to yourself. That's embargoed. you've got you've got an extra special relationship with Carly. Uh, tell us yeah. uh, what's going on and uh, a little bit <laughs> how we erotic. Well, so me, me and you, Dan, met Curly in blushing. Peru. In Peru. And Barely look at me in the eye. <laughs> now I'm worried about his, his, his view from his bedroom to mine. Jesus. I, I told you I could see you in your room. That's that part on the show. You have been, don't worry. Um, so anyway, so the first day we met Curly, man, I was too hungover to give a shit. About another Irish guy on our tour. And now he's blushing. And now I'm red ass. <laughs> because it was only because within two hours of you meeting us, you popped your shoulder out oh. and was in a near ambulance if someone else wasn't already put in that ambulance. I'll jump in here. Um, we <laughs> motorbiked, not, not motorbiked, we uh, mounted a bike down a mountain, as you do with a mountain bike. And a poor gentleman from Israel fell and broke his hip and took the one ambulance that was with the group. Wait, so, what? I don't remember that at all. Who? Yeah. That's why I wasn't taken to hospital. I remember you sliding. I dislocated my shoulder <laughs> in the middle of the wilderness with three days ago and was an ambulance with us. Did you not think it would have took me away? Oh my I kind of hope they did. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been for the best, but we got stuck with you actually because of that. Well, these gentlemen, they uh, took me on my wing. Felt guilty. I raced two of them down the mountain. I crashed. <laughs> yeah. And as good Australian ambassadors, they split my pack and carried it for me. Four years and later, I'm living one of them. I'm talking <laughs> another one. And I'm ever since, I've been trying to get rid of them. This is the mm. risk that you take when you are taking yeah. Irish uh, backpackers. Is this the risk you, if you, show you take when you engage with Aussies? Bit, oh, yeah. If you show them the slightest bit of compassion, they will move into your house <laughs> oh, away. And uh, Doss oh, yeah. has, you know, told me no small no, amount of stories I about it having to, to just came in after straight. But I, I guess, yeah. I guess on that, I'm very excited to hear a real scenario that you've been involved in where you were hit with a proper dilemma. Excellent. Well, as the first inaugural well, guest, <laughs> international guest, I have an international story for you fine gentlemen. And it uh, starts like many fairy tales do in New York. I flew over to meet some friends. Um, it's about the equivalent of Sydney to Perth. Five and a half <laughs> hours from Dublin to New York. Wow. That's great... ridiculous. <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. Uh, a fraction of the cost. <laughs> Marooned on your continent island. Oh, don't. Um, so I flew over, had a great time. And um, this tale is not about that weekend. It's about a Tuesday night. I met up with an American. A Tuesday night? A Tuesday night. <laughs> that sounds dangerous already, dude. It always is. <laughs> That's exactly it. Like no good stories. Like oh, Friday night. No. It's like yeah, you expect madness. Yeah, <laughs> dilemmas happen when you when it's not expected. So, um, couple of drinks, yada yada yada, bit of a pub crawl. Two thirty in the morning on a Tuesday, my American oh. friend bids me adieu. Says great, great to meet you, and I hope I don't see you for another couple of years. <laughs> 
days we had, good times were made. And we're at this bar called The Fiddler. It's in Manhattan. It's a wonderful bar. A little bit of an Irish team, but it was hopping on a Tuesday night. Full of everyone from everywhere. Sitting at a bar, strike up a conversation with a couple of Colombians. Shot okay. tequila, couple of beers. The gentleman say, let's go back to a house party. This is your dilemma. This is a casual event in your 20s. You're away, you're on holiday. You don't know anyone and you've no safety net. So I go back. Uh, hop in a taxi. 30 minutes. Brings me to Northern Queens. I don't really know where Queens is. In <laughs> relation where my hostel is. I have my passport in my pocket. I have all my cards. I'm like, this might go south. I walk in. It's not a house. It's it's a cafe with the blinds down. And I open up. There's a bouncer. What? It's about 30 or 40 Colombians in there. And the guy's like, eh. Hablas Espanol? Si, señor. I don't know. Si, señor. That is the wrong answer. <laughs> I do not. He looks at me, looks at the other guy and says, Are you vouching for him? Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> I walk in. You walk by a bouncer with a gun at his side. What do you do? What? This is a situation. What do we do? At 2.30 on a Tuesday night on your own. Drunk as drunk can be. Holy. And you don't speak Spanish. Oh, mate, this, this story is what do you do? built for me. This is built for me. This is my element. This is like, especially because I presume you're a few beers in. Oh, several. 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 So that usually being means modest. that my Spanish is fluent. No. <laughs> To the listeners, he's wearing Enrique Iglesias' feedy at the moment. Spanish actually increases in fluency with drinks consumed. So maybe he is fluent at this stage. So, like, I I think of a chance. The word despiado is not fluency. (laughs) (laughs) So I did, I guess. No, I think you, you, you take the dip. Like, obviously, so this is America. And yeah, they're speaking Spanish. But... Unarmed. Unarmed, yeah. yeah. Well, the hey. police force in Ireland do not carry guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, I think you got to, like... You, you're in a foreign country. you got to immerse yourself in the foreign culture. And yeah, it's America. It's guns. There's few hotties there. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm, you already had me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm walking in on a Tuesday night, and I'm ready to have a good night. Guns blazing, baby. <laughs> and then what? What you got to go in there? You got to talk with these people. Can they speak English or is it all Spanish? Well, Samba's blaring in the speakers. Everyone's speaking Spanish. You're very obviously just an, an extra guest. It's two thirty. You had a great weekend. Do you call it, or do you keep going? Tuesday's the make or break day. It's like if you get through a Tuesday, it becomes the weekend again. <laughs> Wednesday is close enough to the next weekend to roll into it in a foreign country. In a foreign, especially in a foreign country, because you're traveling. Yeah, but Pross, what what would you do? What would be 
The boring outback Queensland oh, response. Weak, weak way to set up my response, dude. Weak way to set up my response. <laughs> this is, this situation of reward it escalates. I've got to say, uh, and I would be a little bit shocked as well uh, if Curly didn't take the same risk, uh, walking into a location, an unknown location with Spanish-speaking speaking folks, completely, you know, basically out of your depth. In Queens, I don't know what Queens means, quite frankly. I know it's, it's a place in New Kings. York. That's about it. Uh, look, I've got to say, if I was appropriately festive enough, I dare say I would walk in as well. That being said, were you working the next day, Curly? I had a flight to catch at 2 p.m. Oh. That's fine. It's 2 p.m. 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Sleep on the plane. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. At that stage, <laughs> it's, it's 2 a.m. I mean, I'll be feeling really tired. What, 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 you got there at 2 a.m., Kelly? Queenslanders are meant to be adventurous. <laughs> no, Queenslanders, Queenslanders wake up at 5 a.m. Yeah, because they're dead by 8. Yeah, we, we, got, we got the early start of the day. Uh, look, I would, I would honestly say that I, would, I might have taken the risk. I would have taken the risk. That being said... Uh, the the prospect of rocking up into a completely foreign situation that late at night, taking a half hour cab. Nah, nah, stop it. Oh, yeah, I'm going in. I'm going in. You're committed by the car. I'm not. I'm not. Stop it. Stop the plane. I'm otherwise, I'm otherwise, you're gonna pay for the whole cab fare. Oh, home. Dude. It's been that's, a half an hour. That's, that's, like, that's like eighty bucks. I'm going for it. I'm shooting my shot. Hopefully, you I survive. Say that night till six a.m surcharge drops and you can afford to go home yeah no i'm i'm all in dude i'm all in but i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm hopefully i'm drunk enough to be able to dance if not i'm gonna stand awkwardly and uh just say que como que como, que como, que como. and that's about it despacito despacito no i'm no espanol kelly thanks for coming on brother always a pleasure gentlemen kelly see it there we go uh our mystery guest Perfect. connor curly curly from ireland but uh essentially from peru and bolivia we bumped into him so many times without even planning as we traveled through oh. south america a different story for a different time uh but that's that and uh actually i gotta say we've been going on for a fair while now we maybe thought we'd get through 20 minutes or 30 minutes of banter but uh things have definitely these have definitely carried on out of control, but uh, I think that'll do us for now, for sure. No, no, I, I kind of really you want to talk a little bit more about my love life. And, All right, uh, actually, no. you know what? You can catch the next episode of The Road Guide wherever <laughs> you get your podcast every single week. Or hit us up in these DMs, baby. <laughs> I actually, I think what Dos means is if you're a fellow young person like myself, like Dos, and you've got a problem, and you can do it with a second opinion, let us know, and we're going to sort you out next time. We, we got, got you covered. covered.